Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific shares are mixed this morning following a wobbly but positive session on Wall Street. Tokyo and Seoul are flat. Sydney is down about a third of a percent. U.S. stocks overcame initial losses to finish higher overnight. The Dow and S&P 500 both finished up more than half a percent. The Nasdaq gained ground as well. Joining me now to discuss what is moving markets is Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. How are you doing? Morning, Michelle. Happy Friday. Hey, as we speak, the final U.S. debate between U.S. President Donald Trump and his Democratic challenger, former Vice President Joe Biden, is underway. The first question was just asked about so COVID. So far, looking quite civilized. They were squaring off at Belmont University in Nashville. Uh, the two key issues that are hanging over this campaign, without question, the pandemic, that was the first question, as I just mentioned, and the impact that it's had on the economy. So we have new developments this morning on both those fronts. We're going to start with COVID-19. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has approved a drug to treat the virus. It's the first time it's done so. What is this drug? Who makes it? And will it make a big impact? You might have heard of it is remdesivir. And this is made by Gilead Sciences. So like you mentioned, it is a milestone because it is the first and only drug approved for the disease in the United States. So this is also something that Donald Trump himself has taken when he was taken ill by COVID-19. And this is uh, given intravenously. And just to give you some numbers and context, this is going to be a rather expensive drug. It will be for a five-day treatment and it will cost around 3000 US dollars. So that is what you're looking at if you are needing to buy this drug, if you do have COVID-19. And you are looking at Gilead Sciences' share price up 4.3% in after-hours trading to $63.30. Mm. All right, on to the second issue that I highlighted at the top of the program, and that's the economic impact of the pandemic. Now, the latest stats outside of the U.S. show the number of Americans losing their jobs is dropping, but still running at a historic high level. What's the latest, Ryan? Yeah, it's one of those numbers where you can look at it half, glass half full or half empty. And the encouraging part of it is these levels are the lowest since March, 787,000. For the past five weeks or so, it has been plateauing above 800,000. So that's maybe an encouraging sign that you no, know, the labour market is improving and 787,000 is better than the market forecast of 875,000 mm. is better than the prior week's, uh, week's print of 842,000. So quite a substantial drop in the headline number. And if you look at the continuing claims, that is the number of people with uh, claiming at least two weeks or more, uh, that also saw a bit of a drop, 1.02 million uh, drop uh, a drop of 1.02 million to 8.4 million. So that is also showing some encouraging signs. Mm. Then the glass half empty part comes in. Uh, that drop was partly due to the exhaust exhaustion of um, exhaustion of the benefit scheme because you can only claim benefits for up to 26 weeks and then you're done or you're transferred to what is known as a pandemic fund, uh, which you can now claim for an extra 13 weeks. So that does not reflect the transition or the shift from the uh, 26 weeks to the 13-week program. So mm-hmm. you have to take into account that there is still a high number of people 
still out of job in the yeah. United States. Good point. Another data point out of the U.S. this morning, long-term mortgage rates have fallen to a new all-time low, 2.8%. That's nearly a full percentage point lower than a year earlier. So the low rates have been contributing to a boom in U.S. home sales. Let's turn now to corporate news. Goldman Sachs is facing new fines and public shame over its role in Malaysia's 1MDB corruption scandal in several markets this morning, including the U.S., Hong Kong, here in Singapore, Yesterday on the show, Ryan, you previewed this, uh, sharing that Goldman Sachs' Malaysian subsidiary would plead guilty in a U.S. court. Mm. It has now done that, saying that it knowingly and willfully conspired to violate U.S. anti-bribery laws. So, Ryan, not only will Goldman Sachs pay billions of dollars in fines, its top executives are facing steep financial penalties as well. Tell us more. Yeah, there are three points to this uh, that really stands out. This is the largest, is the record foreign bribery penalty in the U.S. And also, it has entered a guilty plea for the first time ever in his role around YMDB. And then, like you pointed out, it has also a level of personal accountability with pay cuts for the current CEO, the previous CEO, and clawback of bonuses for some of the staff. So that is kind of remarkable because when these kind of cases typically happen, you have the fines being leveled against a corporation and then the shareholders bear the brunt of it. But now this has some personal accountability attached to it. So if you look through some of the um, numbers that we, are, we have from the fines, even in Singapore, in fact, there are 14 countries investigating Goldman Sachs. Singapore is one of them. So they have fined Goldman Sachs $122 million. And that comes along with a 36-month conditional warning in lieu of a prosecution for three counts of corruption offences. And it has also directed the Singapore unit of Goldman Sachs to appoint an independent external party to conduct a review of its remedial measures. In, in Hong Kong, it has fined Goldman Sachs a record $350 million. But I think there is some good news for Goldman Sachs, and that is because it has reached a deal in what's known as a deferred prosecution agreement. So this is, in effect, a bit of a settlement allowing it to avoid criminal charges. And that is important because if it is convicted of criminal charges, it will risk losing some institutional clients because they do have some restrictions with working with financial firms with criminal records. So all in, it is a win, but it comes at a bit of a pretty steep price tag. Yeah. All right, I need to move to China's fast-growing market now for exchange-traded funds. It is now directly accessible to overseas investors starting today. Four new so-called feeder ETFs will begin trading today in Shenzhen and Hong Kong. So what sort of opportunity does this present to investors? Yeah, this is a milestone for the Chinese market. Mm. And it is a huge market, $157 billion market for exchange-traded funds. <laughs> and this will be accessible to overseas investors. And this actually took a long time to <laughs> to plan and this uh, was actually planned four years ago finally it's here so four so-called feeder ETFs will be trading in Shenzhen and Hong Kong the first batch will be in, uh, in Shenzhen tracking the Hang Seng China Enterprises Index and the S&P 
New China Sectors Index. And in Hong Kong, there'll be Hong Kong listed ETFs that will follow the CSI 300 index and a gauge of China's uh, 5G companies. So this is important because uh, even though there are ETFs tracking Chinese markets, yep. the tracking error can be as high as 15% because of limits on foreign ownership. But now these feeder ETFs are um, under, underwritten by local providers, which are not subject to caps. Right now, overseas investors are currently permitted to own no more than 30% in yuan-denominated shares. So all that will give it more accuracy in tracking the Chinese markets. And what's worth noting as well is the Chinese ETF market is not as saturated as what we see in the US, Japan, or even back here in Singapore. So this is a huge uh, growth market for China. Uh, which also means investors get access to that soaring tech company called Ant. More details coming up uh, next week right here on Your Money. All right, it is 14 minutes past nine, so 14 minutes into the trading day this Friday, the 23rd day of October. The SDI finished flat yesterday at 25.28. How's it doing this morning? Yeah, it seems flat. It's the theme of the week. <laughs> it is still flat right now, just slightly above break even by 0.05%. Mm-hmm. And if I take a look at some of the top um, stocks to watch out for today. iFast actually is on my list because it has just reported its third quarter earnings Mm -hmm. and its net profit jumped 150% to a record $6.1 million on the back of a 36% rise in net revenue. So that is impressive numbers, but the stock price is down 0.6% at 324 right now. You have to bear in mind that there were some expectations, its results were good. So in the lead up to this, um, in the month leading up to this, uh, its stock price is up uh, nearly 40%. Now, First REIT has announced it will be extending rental relief for another two months to its tenants in Indonesia. This is going to cost First REIT almost $19 million. How are its shares doing this morning? Now, looking at First REIT, I am looking at shares right now. Still early minutes, and we are looking at it flat. No, no changes yet at 41, 41 cents, 41.5 cents right now. So that is pretty much um, what we have right now. And of course, you talked about the rental reliefs. Uh, this will have an impact on its um, distributable income. That will have a downside of around 40 to 50% in terms of a decline for the six months ending December. All right, and Maple Tree Commercial Trust has cut its distribution per unit by nearly 10%. How are investors reacting to the news? Okay, so you have Maple Tree Commercial Trust also unchanged right now at $1.91. And that's the picture we have for STI right now, pretty much flat across the region, subdued as we track what's the latest in the presidential debates. Yeah, we'll be um, bringing you the latest and market reaction, possible perception of market reaction that's coming up in the 10 o'clock hour. Ryan Huang there joining me in Market View. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.